0: Good evening. A welcome back to Dr. And Mrs. Gannick. Nice to have you with us. Welcome. And a very special welcome to my good friend joining us for the first time, Mr. and Mrs. Lintz, all the way from Kew Gardens Hills. Welcome. The topic this evening is Leap of Faith. We approach Parsha Shkollim like to analyze together the idea of that one is sometimes required to have a sense of, of, of strength and uplifting himself or herself in a Vodis Hashem. What exactly does that look like? And uh, we'll explore the connection with Parshas Vayakel and Parshas Shkolem. What do we have Parshas Shkolem to commemorate? Right, we know that every year we have the Dalet Partios the first of the four partios is Parsha Shgolim. So the Gemara famously in Megillah tells us that Rezlakesh revealed that that it is known and it is revealed before Kaddish Baruch Hu and in the future Haman will take out his own Shgolim, meaning reach deep into his pocket and he'll offer Achashverosh a lot of money in order to destroy the Klal Yisrael. So because HaKadosh Baruch Hu was well aware of this happening in the future, therefore there was a need that we should get our Shqalim in first, before Haman would offer his own Shqalim to Achashverosh. And this is the reason why the Mishnah tells us that on the first of the month of Adar, they made the declaration everyone should bring their Shkallim, and that was used for the base of mikdash. So it sounds like we're trying to preempt something. Kadesh Baruch Hu was well aware that Haman was going to offer probably the equivalent of millions of dollars to Achashverosh, to destroy, to commit genocide. And in order to somehow protect us from that fate. we needed the mitzvah of giving shkalim first, and that's why we have uh, this commemoration every year. It's a very strange Gemara, and there are many people who discuss it, because what exactly does that mean, that we were concerned that Haman was doing something positive or powerful, and therefore there was a need somehow to to get in first what are we trying to circumvent it'd be one thing if Haman was doing something L'Shem Shemayim doing something holy and somehow that would generate a schus for the the opposite side right the the side of evil and we had to combat that by having more schusim in the side of good but what Haman planned was obviously not a mitzvah it was not L'Shem Shemayim he had an agenda to kill every man, woman, and child. So what do we have to preempt and how, by giving our own money to tzedakah, how does that work to protect ourselves from the plan of Haman? So it's a very strange, very cryptic Gemara. Now we have another episode in Chumash that seems very similar. We know that when Bilam was on his way to try to be mekallel, to curse the Jewish people, the Torah tells us that Bilam woke up early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and he went together with the officers of Moav. So Rashi there quotes the Chazal that Bilam woke up in the morning and he took care of everything that usually he would have his servants do. From here we derive that when there's a real, passionate hatred, that sinna, that hatred, can impact the intellect. That can make me think in, in a way that's illogical. Usually there's a there, there's a way that I do things. If I'm a man of nobility, as Bilam was, so then he would have the avadim, saddle the donkey for him. But because he had this real lust to go and be Makalel Yisrael, he wasn't thinking properly and he saddled his own donkey. Explains Rashi. But upon seeing this, Hashem said, Roshah, Kvar Kedamach you think you're doing something special by waking up early and saddling your own donkey? Guess what, Russia? Avram already beat you to it. Vayashke Avram that when Avram woke up early in the morning to take Yitzchak for the akedah, as that he saddled his chamor. And what do we derive from there? Chazal teach us that Ava is also as Ashura, just like Sina can make one think illogically. It can give me a warped sense of reality. Ava, love and devotion, has that same power. So what do you think you're doing, Bilam? Avram already beat you to it. <clears throat> so it's also very cryptic. What schus would Bilam have by waking up early in the morning? Again, he wasn't trying to do anything beautiful. He wasn't trying to fulfill the mitzvah. He was on his way based on a real, real sinna for the Jewish people, he wanted to destroy us. But it, it sounds like from Rashi, he did something powerful, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling him, don't worry, you actually did nothing because Avram already beat you to it. He woke up early in the morning, saddled his donkey when he was about, or when he was willing to sacrifice his son. The tzad HaShava, the common thread, between this Gemara and Megillah and the Rashi is that structurally they sound very similar. You have an example of Haman trying to do something very evil or the example of Bilam trying to do something very evil but because a great person did a similar thing in the opposite direction in the case of Shalim, it wasn't one personality but it was a mitzvah given to Kalal Yisrael that we should give our own money first. Or in the case of Bilam, Avram Bevinu already woke up early and did that same thing that you're doing. So what's going on in the Gemara Megillah? What's going on with the Rashi and Parshas Balak? When we do anything meaningful, there are usually two basic ways of of doing it. We can either get it done, I know there's a need, I know I have the ability to come through, and I have a sense of responsibility, and therefore I do it. If it's a mitzvah, bein adam l'mokom, if it's bein adam l'chavero, somebody needs help, they need a chesed, they need some money, if I could do it, and I feel a responsibility, and I make a cheshbon, I look into my account, and I make sure that I have enough money to, uh, to put myself out, then I'll do it. I'll be a mensch, I'll do a chesed. That's one way of doing something meaningful. The other way of doing something meaningful is where a person doesn't really make all of the cheshbonos. <coughs> you don't sit down with a pen and paper beforehand, and start making equations and mapping out if I really put all my money to this project I might be giving more than 10% and that might take away from what I had planned over here and I'm not sure how that would impact the retirement fund I'm not planning out I'm not even sure if I have that much to give right now or if it's not a financial thing it's a participation, there's a tzorich, there's a need. I could be helpful, but I know it's going to take a lot of energy, and a lot of time, and effort. So one way of going about it is, does this make sense? Is this is the right thing for me, I have so many other obligations. And the other way is having this overwhelming feeling of almost being uplifted, beyond cheshbonos, beyond making all of the mathematical equations and feeling feeling compelled this is something I need to do and therefore I'm going to do it. Does it really make sense with the budget you have? I don't know. It's not terribly reckless, but I, I didn't go through all the cheshbonos. I'm almost afraid to go through all the cheshbonos because if I do that might hold me back from what I need to be doing. In Parshish Vayakel Pasek says, It seems to have two different categories of people who were participating. The first is that every man, where his heart compelled him or uplifted him, that's category one. and any person who had that spirit of generosity, that's category two, they both came forward to contribute to the creation of the Mishkan. Why is it that when it speaks about one, Asher Libo, that his heart lifts him up, it gives him the title of Ish? Ish always has the connotation of hashivus, of stature, of significance. In the second category, it doesn't give any title of man. Rather, it says, anyone who has a spirit of generosity, they came forward as well. So the Orichayim says, within this one Pasuk, we have these two different categories, or two different ways of participating in any aspect of the Vodas Hashem. He says, ki hadrogos. There are two levels of people who contribute, who are generous. The first is hamisnadev berotzo nafsho kafiyachalto, one who gives because he wants to. I'm a good person and I want to help, and I give as much as I can. Vahasheni, but the second kind of person is who isnadev yoser miachalto. I'm giving more than I'm able to give. I don't have this much time. I don't have this much talent. I've never built a school before. I don't know what it takes. I've never participated in in raising money on a a grand scheme for an orphanage. That's not my thing. Nonetheless, because of the, the goodness within his or her heart, They push themselves more than they could actually do. (laughs) My heart compels me, my soul drives me to almost view my abilities in a different way. How am I able to do that? So there is A and B. A is because I really appreciate and I recognize the need, and therefore I have to come through. B, is an understanding that when I push myself beyond my, my capacity, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows me to achieve beyond my capacity. So I understand there's a need, and I also know and believe that if I push myself, and I don't allow too many different cheshbonos, although obviously I have to be responsible, but I don't allow all of the the different svaras or excuses that would normally hold me back from participating, I don't allow those to get in my way, I believe there will be siyata deshmaya, there will be divine assistance in this work. <coughs> so it explains the Libo. every man, everyone who was titled the Ish, he was nasa he was going well above and beyond what he thought he could do. And everybody else, they had a spirit of generosity, and they gave according to their means. Panovitch Rav, when he first came to Eretz Yisrael, the famous story where he came to Bnei Brak, and he was describing his vision of having a yeshiva for five hundred talmidim. Right here, we're going to build the yeshiva for 500 talmid, Talmidim. They're going to be learning and leading and learning the entire day. Now just to keep in mind, at this time in the history of Eretz Yisrael, you didn't even have 500 people learning full-time in the entire country. So the notion of, we're going to build one yeshiva with 500 Talmidim, but yet he started that project. As that project was continuing, and he was getting support, not nearly enough, based on all of the cheshbonos of what it would actually take to create a yeshiva and maintain a yeshiva, in the middle of that process, he began a different project. He wanted to build an orphanage, but Avos, because there were more and more orphans coming into Eretz Yisrael, and children from World War II, and we have to have a Mossad, we have to have an institution that will be there to take care of these children that don't have parents. So one of his close Talmidim asked him the question, Rebbe, right now, the way things are going, we're not going to have enough money to finish building the yeshiva. So y- you have to pick what's needed most right now. Do you want to spend your time and energy on continuing the yeshiva project? Or should we now switch directions and focus on building the orphanage? And his answer was, we need both, and therefore we will accomplish both, because we'll have siyata Dishmaya. And he had siyata Dishmaya, and he built many, many most of us. So those are the two ways of engaging in voda Hashem. Doing it because this is what needs to be done, or understanding and appreciating the real Tzoruch, and also believing that when I push myself, I will have siatha d'shmaya, and that's so Libo, that's where your heart brings you above your natural capacity. Now this could work in both directions. This could work it could be beneficial, it could also be when a person has a real sincere desire to accomplish something that's evil, if you push yourself hard enough, you could also accomplish more than naturally you would have been able to. When the community of stone, they gathered around the house of Lot and his family, and they were trying to grab them, and they were getting violent and aggressive. So the Torah tells us, that all of the men who were surrounding the house, suddenly they were struck with, with blindness. So because they couldn't now see, Vayilu means and they struggled to find the door, because they were totally blind explains the Sforno, this is an example, that Rishoy mafilu omdim b'pischo shel if someone is a Rasha, even if he's standing at the entrance of Gehenem, I'm not going to back down. Because I am so intoxicated with my agenda, I am so intoxicated with the, the evil I'm trying to accomplish, and perhaps in my own head, in my warped reality, I've convinced myself that this is really a good thing for humanity. We've had many of those examples throughout history. But I'm so drunk by the, the hatred, I, I, I don't even realize, I don't even stop to think, maybe if we all can't see right now, something just happened that's supernatural, and just maybe there's a message in this. Don't want to jump to conclusions, but if we all miraculously just became blind as we're trying to get into Lot's house, maybe a higher power is telling us something that didn't even register on their minds. So you see this idea of Nassau Libo, could work in, in both directions. It's something we have to be in tune with, and when we have that feeling, that pulsating zone. To accomplish something great, we can't ignore it. Rav Kook writes in the Oros Hakodesh: "Kol p'am shahalev defika Whenever the heart has a, uh, it's pumping, a defika or it's knocking, a ruchni is feeling, a, a drive for spirituality. Anytime a new idea of 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 ambition comes into one's mind, we need to listen. What is my heart telling me? We should view it almost as if an angel of a Kedush Baruch baruchu is knocking, knocking at the doors of our neshama. Mevakeshin asking us that we should open our neshama. Laman Hedro in order to allow this splendor, this radiance that's within to come out and reveal itself. Our job is never to ignore the message of the neshama min koach and if there is something within me, I sense that potential, then I need to bring it from the koach to the poel, I have to actualize it. Below Sibse Ramiyah, without ignoring it, without trying to rationalize it. And from these Nitsotzos, from these sparks, these little soft knocking at the door, which we have to view as a malech Hashem dofei, Avuka or Yizkabzo, you could have this massive flame, a torch, if you listen to it and you allow your neshama to be open. (laughs) Vayairu eskola olam bichvodam. that could bring kavod shemayim to the entire world. So we have to listen to those moments where we have this, this inspiration. It might be fleeting, but it's only fleeting if we choose not to listen to it. The truth is, Naso Libo, there are times we can rise above and beyond our natural abilities. We have to believe in the need and we have to believe in Siatha Deshmael. So Hama, he reaches deep into his pocket and he gives the equivalent of millions of dollars. For what purpose? Genocide! Why is he doing this? If you were to climb into his head, it was likely very similar to his evil descendant. I'm doing it for the benefit of humanity. I'm getting rid of the, the scum of the earth. He was Moser Nefesh. There was a Nassol libo. His heart compelled him to do something that he wasn't comfortable with. But the sin is mechalkeles Ashura, that hatred, that resentment for the Jewish people was mechalkal hizdas. He had this warped perspective on, on the need to get rid of Klai So he was willing to reach deep into his pockets. He was Naso libo. So whatever direction you're going, pushing yourself beyond your limits is a very powerful thing. What the Gemara and Megillah is telling us is that we have a mitzvah Give Shkolen. I want all of Kalani Yisrael to contribute. Give Tzedakah. Give to the Mishkan. Dig deep into your own pockets. And even if you're not giving much, but give it L'Shem Shemayim, give it with sincerity. Basically, the instructions are, don't just give the money, but try to accomplish Nassau Libo. Be in that first category not just those who were not Verucho, who had a generosity of spirit, but give with a sense of commitment, give with a sense of vision. Then, what we're doing is, we're avoiding a kitrug. A kitrug, Kabbalistic jargon, which means th- there could be almost a divine complaint against the Jewish people. And the stipler spells this out in the top of number three. If you have individuals, in this case Hama, who are pushing themselves, who are, who are spending more money than they feel comfortable with, but they're doing so because they're motivated, if we're not doing the same thing, if we're not infusing that same passion and enthusiasm into the world in the other direction, then there's a Kittrug! There's a divine complaint! People are waking up early in the morning! People are spending a lot of money and time and effort on things that are worthless. Or even worse than that, things that are evil. How can we not be learning from that? How can we not be stiking, using those same kochos, those same abilities, pushing beyond that which is natural in the direction of good? That's what the Gemara Megillah is telling us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the mitzvah an ability to preempt outside Mesiris Nefesh, if I see they're giving up their lives, either physically or emotionally, they're giving everything they have for causes that are detrimental or worthless, then I have to learn from that. And if we do, then we're infusing that same power in the opposite direction. When Bilums waking up early in the morning and Hashem says to Bilum, Russia! What do you think you're doing? What was he doing? He was doing the exact same thing that Haman was trying to do. It was the sin that was being makakal ashura. He was was devoting himself to a cause. Obviously, it was an evil agenda. He's not getting schar, he's not getting reward for the fact he wanted to curse the Jewish people. But it becomes more of a tainter, more of of a divine complaint if these people are putting in so much effort for something that's so worthless, then how can we not be putting that same effort in as well? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, don't worry. We already have that within Kalal Yisro. We have an Avram Mavinu to learn from. We have that force going in the opposite direction. The Chavetz Chaim once said that the famous Rashi, where Yaakov sends the message to his brother Esau, Im loven garti, mitzvah shemarti. Although I was living with Uncle Lovin for so many years, you should know that I was Zoha and I was committed and I kept all of the mitzvahs. And the famous question is, why are you showing off? Why are you trying to tell Esau what a, what a tzaddik you are? How is that helpful? in this particular relationship right now, he hates you. So the Chafetz Chaim said that maybe what Rashi means is not that Yaakov was showing off, but rather Yaakov was actually putting himself down. He was saying, mitzvah but the last part of Rashi is, I didn't learn from his evil ways explains the Chafetz Chaim. What Yaakov was saying is, Nebuch, I feel so bad that I missed an opportunity. It's true, I was keeping the Torah and I was staying committed, but I I didn't learn from Lavan. I could have learned from his evil, seeing how, how passionate he was, how committed he was, how far he went to rip me off. I could have learned from that and utilize those same co-hosts those same qualities, and channel them in a direction of good. I feel bad that I closed myself off fully from love, and I could have learned something from that. Of Shlomo Freifeld, the great Talmud of Hutner, and the founder of Yeshiva Shai the policy that he had in the yeshiva regarding accepting students was one, one basic condition. Namely, you have to have a rotzo. You have to have a desire to learn. I don't care about your background, I don't care about the level of religiosity, but there has to be a chuka, there has to be a real yearning for this. He said in a speech, to become great, a true adam Gadol, it isn't enough to know a lot, to be a Talmud Chacham. To become great, you need to have a fire inside, to be alone and apart from everyone else, to burn with Hefetz, Ratzon, and chukka. That is the main ingredient that's needed for becoming great, is having a Ratzon. The idea of making sure that we're not limited to that category of just doing what we need to do because it's an obligation, it's a responsibility. But actually learning from or emulating all of those people, and there are millions and millions of them in the world who put in so much time and effort, who wake up early and go to sleep late, who barely see their families, not that we should emulate that. But there is so much koach, there is so much Passion exerted in all different areas of life, we could be able to learn from that and ask ourselves the question: Can I channel that in my avodah Sashem? Can I take that that same chuka and rutzon and chayfets that so many millions of people have, and make it meaningful? So this is one idea behind the uh, parsha parsha shkolim, as we approach Purim, to ask ourselves these poignant questions, are we learning from those around us to be or Nefesh in the proper direction? And am I doing anything within my own life where I find I'm putting more attention or more precision in areas that may not be as important? And the same idea would be there, how can I make sure that I'm giving at least equal credence and equal importance to those things in life that are actually meaningful? Shkoyach. Thank Thank you.